0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the eighth episode of the Scoreboard Podcast. Ocho! My name is Darren Johnson, and with me as always is Mike, the cable guy, a.k.a. my brother Johnson. Right? Hello. And uh, we got a great f- show for you this week. Uh, here's the lineup. Uh, We've got leading off the Tom Brady Deflategate reinstate case, okay, and uh, Larry Tunzel's bong tweet, and uh, the smoke-filled I- NFL draft, and, you know, <laughs> and uh, L.A. Lakers' uh, new coach Luke Walton, and maybe uh, some NBA playoffs if we get lucky, but... Let's go ahead and get into that, Mike. What do you think?
1: Okay, let's get into some sports stuff.
0: Let's do that. All right, in the first quarter, let's talk about Tom Brady, Mike. Uh, I love Tom Brady. I know this is close to your heart. Yeah, it's so close to my heart. uh, Well, uh, what do you think about Tom Brady's suspension, his four-game suspension being uh, ruled by the court to be justified?
1: Yeah, from what I heard about that, see, there there were three judges that voted on it. Uh, One of the judges, uh, his name, uh, Katzman, Robert A. Katzman, was the one that actually pulled the most weight, and he's actually the one that voted for Brady. Mm -hmm. And then the other two judges voted against, you know, voted for the league. Now, um, from what I heard – Recently, from what I've read, like I've heard. But From what I read recently, um, they just hired a uh, an attorney, like a new attorney, to help them out in this case. Uh, from what I was reading, some new information yesterday. Oh, gosh, if I could find his name. Uh, Ted Olson. Ted Olson. He's like a high paid attorneys work for the government done a lot of stuff or whatever and he's going to try to get like an extension i guess as far as that goes uh, i think they're they only have until may 9th to file a petition uh and he filed to extend it to the 23rd now um from what i heard he said uh there's a, there's a case called it an in bank petition. There's a lot of stuff to wade through here as far as this goes. It's called an in bank petition with the Second Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals. An in bank petition uh, would basically ask the court to rehear the case. The court only granted an in bank about point zero three percent of the time from two thousand to two thousand and ten. So that doesn't seem like very good uh, odds there.
0: Uh, well, as you remember back in you know two thousand fifteen. That uh, Brady suspension was uh, nullified, right, by the U.S. District Judge uh, Richard mm-hmm. uh, Bierman or Berman mm-hmm. uh, back in September, and basically he ended up saying, you know, this is Goodell was wrong and all that system. So, so now has kind of got flip flopped and back mm-hmm. against Brady, and he's going through this again. I mean, was, was should he have just taken his licks last year and and? You know, because it seems like now that he's fought this, he's now back again in the same boat. If we were, he would have been four games past, and this would have been in the, in the past.
1: It would have been in the past, and it, it looking back in hindsight, it wouldn't have mattered, right? Because they didn't win the Super Bowl. They did have a great season, but they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. Now, here is the thing, too, that I was thinking about the other night is that. Um,
0: well, you saying that before you go further, saying that they didn't, they wouldn't have had a chance to win the Super Bowl. Well, you know they competed well, but, no, but still yet, yeah, uh, even this year. Uh, say, did they have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year?
1: You think? Well, you always at the beginning of your season, you know what I mean. Have a chance, no matter who you right, are, have a chance. Right. So, a certain...
0: so, so now, do you think these hurt their odds? That's the thing. Like, so you, so you, you end up in the long term, and I guess I feel like right. hurting yourself. Yeah, not having. I'm saying say, looking
1: this. back to where where they didn't win the Super Bowl. Now he's like, man, I wish I'd have served those four games. Right. But see, now the thing is, too, is like this. Whenever this judgment was handed down. Uh, and the punishment was handed down, not judgment. The punishment was handed down by uh, Goodell. It was it was like one of the worst ever. They got lost two draft picks, uh, first round and a fifth round, I believe. They had to pay a, a million dollar fine, which both have already been paid at this point now from this last week's draft. They already paid the million. It's it's it was a really steep penalty because um, I think he was trying to prove a point. There's been other things that have happened that have been worse in the NFL uh, as far as like. Bad things that players have done and stuff that weren't punished as bad. I think Gidell was trying to prove a point in this,
0: right? I know. I know there's a big issue with the uh, uh, and and it's kind of it's kind of funny, I guess, to me that the fact that uh, I don't know if you like the collective bargaining agreement that's kind of uh, tied all this to where the mm-hmm. uh, the second court, uh, second second circuit, I guess, in the, the United States Court of Appeals uh, can basically. Uh, Make these rulings because of basically it's it's in the uh, the writing. So the collective bargaining, bargaining agreement, the you know the players' association, uh, voted this in, and they were saying you know you, you all voted this for us to be able to have the right to say this and mm-hmm. have this say so. So say it's kind of on them, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that's kind of an interesting way to I'd, look at it.
1: I'd say they're regretting now. Uh, the, another interesting uh, note about that: if they do grant that rehearing or whatever, instead of being you know uh, voted on by three judges, it'll actually be voted on by thirteen judges. So they'll have a uh, better opportunity, better chance. And some of the judges that will be heard by, you know, actually voted for Brady the first time, you know, to where they had to have the rehearing and everything. Um, uh, uh, just a note, uh, some of the games Brady would miss this upcoming season, the first four if he misses, uh, he'll miss Arizona, Miami, Houston, and Buffalo. That's two division games. Uh, two of those were playoff teams and division winners last year. Uh, Houston is now quarterbacked by Brock Osweiler who coached who a uh, coach who's quarterbacked the Broncos last year and led them to a comeback win against the Patriots that was a terrible game for me. Also, 3 of those 4 games are actually in Foxborough, so I mean that kind of sucks for the fans. Now, one of the things that popped into my head that I was thinking about was um I feel like everyone is so so quick to judge Tom Brady because there's a lot of hate for Tom Brady unless you're a New England Patriots fan or a Tom Brady fan. There's a lot of people that just don't like Tom Brady and and I don't know if it, a lot of it I think it is. Is jealousy? I really do. I right. think there's a lot of that. That, that just uh, people are jealous. He's not, a winner, so yeah, least, that's my you know, opinion. He's a winner. He's got the model wife. Mean, you know, I'm personally not a fan, but I, right. I can see that in, in right that being an issue. Whereas, you know, if it was their quarterback or something, it would it would be a different story. So, right.
0: um, in March, uh, Brady signed a two-year contract extension mm-hmm. uh, that chopped his 2016 salary from nine million to uh, one million. Uh, effectively bracing the quarterback for a massive uh, financial loss uh, in the event in the event that uh, the four-game uh, suspension would would be served. Mm-hmm. Uh, that extension has also netted in more than uh, four million in new money. Uh, so this this uh, it's like I said it's kind of it's kind of interesting how it's going to shake down for him. Uh, it, it's it looks like to me like I said before uh, he should have just took his licks before. And, uh, you know, cut his losses and, and been done with it. But now he's he's fighting it till you know, the bitter end and, and just, you know. I, and I don't know that he was wrong. Uh, you know, the, the, the team was kind of, uh, it's like who to say, you know, is the ball boy, the guy. But to, and I can see where the NFL came from on this. That, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he had the balls in his hands. During the game, so he had to have noticed at least one of those balls was well. Then, you know, a lot of people automatic. say
1: too, like where they came out in the second half and just stomped them. You know, the first right. half was pretty close, and right. I was, you know, it's a pretty good game, but then he came out and stomped them. And one of the things I was talking about earlier too is like a lot of people are quick to judge when they don't actually have the evidence, they know what they see or what they hear on ESPN or whatever, mm-hmm. but they don't really know. You don't know, I don't know, I don't care. And did you hear about Drew Brees coming out? And saying about Goodell, I had a quote from Drew Brees. If you don't care if I read it, oh, go ahead. Uh, Drew Brees was talking about Goodell, um, and he kind pretty much side with Tom Brady. He said, uh, I think we would all agree uh, – We would all agree. he's talking about Roger Goodell. I think we would all agree he definitely – this was on – sorry, Sports Illustrated with Maggie Gray is what this was from. Uh, he said, I think we would all agree he definitely has too much power. He's basically judge, jury, and executioner when it comes to all league discipline. Listen, I'm not going to trust any league-led investigation when it comes to anything because it's not transparent. At times I feel like there is a desired conclusion or agenda that they have in mind, and that prevents maybe the absolute truth from being told or the absolute facts from being presented. At the end of the day, we as the public – we as players don't ever really get to see that. We never get to see those facts, those truths, those things. And then he also said that he thought Gate was a dead issue. Like why are they bringing this back up? And now Goodell's kind of on this like goodwill press tour, like he's on a float just doing the the princess wave to everybody. Like, oh yeah, I was right, I was right, I was right. 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 But then if it gets reheard, then it's going to be probably put off again for another year. Mm. And next year we'll just. It's the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He just, like I said, he just needs to to just deal with the four games and be done with it. In my opinion, uh, I'm ready to, to be the bigger on. man. So, so I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a shaky situation there, but. Uh, as I think with you And a lot of other people that Are ready to be done with it mm-hmm. So uh, But let's go ahead And uh, be done with that As <laughs> yeah. uh, as else But uh, go ahead And move on To the second quarter And we're going to talk about uh, Laramie Tunzel yes. And uh, this bong tweet thing That he Speaking had going on Speaking about the gift That keeps on giving and, Right exactly <laughs> Three weeks ago, Larry Bell was uh, likely to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, and on Thursday he suffered one of the most bizarre falls, uh, you know, in the draft board. Yeah. There, as uh, he went, you know, like I said, he was kind of projected to go first. Uh, he was, then he slid to sixth, and uh, he ultimately ultimately ended up with uh, the Dolphins at uh, 13. And uh, man, like I said, he, he really—I uh, don't—I don't know what to kind of say about this really because he, you know. For one, his comments afterwards, you know, so. this was this has been a disaster. But uh, you know, ultimately, he's he's uh, he's not handled this well, and it looked like you wonder who done this to him. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Like if somebody that close to him, you know, that, that was there mm-hmm. enough to he trusted enough in those situations mm-hmm. to uh, to be around him and record that, and maybe get a <laughs> copy of that, you know. Uh, that's that's know. kind of an iffy thing. Yeah, right? I, don't kind know. Of, so I didn't even know like that?
1: I don't know if you, but I didn't even know what was going on when it was happening. When he was falling, I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, why right. is there nobody picking this dude? Right. And then, you know, I found out later on, of course, the gas mask video and then the, the after he got drafted, then they put the tweets up and everything. It was just it was crazy. Well,
0: I happened to be on social media yeah. before I started turning the draft on oh. and it ended up actually Popping seeing up. that before and I'm like, What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Okay, I need to hurry up get the draft on. Yeah. So it was uh it was odd to see it from my angle and mm-hmm. find out like what was going on beforehand, mm-hmm. then to see him like just sitting there, it was almost like he was—he knew, yeah. You know? Somebody yeah. told it, whispered in his ear. Obviously, you know, but before somebody, the pick. yeah, Yeah, and he was but, like, "Man, yeah. I'm just kind of shocked. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say." You know.
1: But like, here's the thing too. Did you see where they said they came out and said that that was that video was from two years ago, which right. would have been he right. still would have been an old miss. But, right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. he, he had the yeah. rebel
0: flag in the background. Yeah. I was like, man. I mean, yeah, he's there. You know, somebody's yeah. got to be. So it was it was uh, very odd. And like like I said, I, I mean, he went as extreme with the gas mask thing. I mean, that's. Wow. Uh, it's I, like I said, I mean, you're what are you doing? You know, you're, you're going to be a you, you know, at that point, yeah. he, he had to know he's still a, He's an NFL prospect, yeah. So, uh, you know, you're going to be a millionaire why taint and risk that. Yeah. I mean, you know, before you get that money, out of, that's that's he something lost just don't a lot understand. of money because
1: of that. As far as falling that far in the draft, he's still going to be a millionaire, don't get me wrong, but oh, he's yeah. but he, he lost, lost he, a lot because he could have been the number one overall pick, and I mean, maybe. I don't know. I was gonna say maybe that you know the Titans did maybe had character issues when they talked to him before. Maybe that's why they traded away the pick and they didn't need number one. But I thought it was really bad too. Whenever he got those other offensive linemen drafted ahead of him, Ronnie Stanley went before yep, him, yep. From and Notre then, Dame. then Jack Conklin went before him to the Titans. And you're yeah, thinking, Michigan whoa, how State. far can this kid fall? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the thing. And like I said, uh, the, you know the Titans they were they were looking at him, and uh, so was the Ravens. The Ravens from what the mm-hmm. from what there's another story I read that, I read uh, that the too. Ravens were going to take him. You know, but. uh like I said, he he fell. Like I said, man. Uh, like I from what I heard too that uh, within minutes he was uh, from being selected. He, he there was there was two uh, other screenshots that were posted, and they were from on uh, they were on Tunzel's Instagram account. Instagram account. And uh, they were text messages that that uh, showed him, you know, asking for money from the coaches at Ole Miss. yes yeah. and, and then he actually in an interview admitted to that. Yeah, admitted to it. And what was funny about this is it was you know an hour later at a formal press conference Tunzel was asked twice mm-hmm. uh about the money from uh, you know taking money from the co- the coaches and it uh he first denied it and uh you know as as then he he said you know I had to say yeah that mm-hmm. uh, was his was his response and he said uh then, then he was quickly ushered off uh, from yeah, behind the podium. Lady. You know, yeah, hey, he's, behind, got, yeah that lady there like, he's got nothing yeah. else to say. He doesn't know anything about it, right? Yeah. So, so you know, <laughs> and then he, he like he came out later on and say, to say that uh, you know he made a mistake uh, and it was a huge mistake. And uh, he said, you know, basically, that an hour later in the formal press conference, that things had happened and I can't control things. And uh, he said uh, somebody got my phone hacked, hacked my Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter account. So, so it seems like this was called I don't know, kind of. Molded into a uh, an excuse and a way to pass oh, yeah. this along. I is, think he
1: seemed so confused during the whole thing. Yeah. Like he he's, was, he's like, confused. I want to tell people, like, you know, yeah. just get it yeah. off my chest. But it he's was like, so somebody else be like, shut up, don't say nothing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and, and he well, his Twitter account was deleted, and then mm-hmm. I think they put it back up, and he they made a statement, but then they deleted it again or something. It's super weird what's going on. Yeah. And I was thinking about Hugh Free sitting there after all this is going on. He's like, you know, yeah, yeah, my guy's getting drafted or whatever. Yeah. And the next thing you know, he's probably like, oh god, what's happening? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like a, I bet he was just terrified snowball
0: effect yeah. this kid. see it, uh, it it was a very odd night like I said I, I'd hate to be in that guy's shoes you know sitting there I'd rather have been at home you know <laughs> instead of and, sitting there
1: and did you see where he um, where uh, Kim Dietschy came out and, like, defended him and said that he was a good dude or whatever. Yeah. And I'm thinking about Kim Dietschy, you know, getting stoned and jumping out that balcony or whatever right, right. and breaking his legs or whatever he had going on there recently. I don't remember the exact details, but Kim Dietschy uh, came out who got drafted in the first round also. So. Well, Mel
0: Kuyper, I don't know if you noticed, or, mm-hmm. you know, Mel Kuyper was heavy on him. I mean, he was mm-hmm. he, all night he was trying to defend him, and it seemed mm-hmm. like everybody was kind of like they wanted to go against and talk about what he had mm-hmm. done, mm-hmm. but I felt like everybody was kind of like, Cause Mel was kind of aggressive about it. He's like, you know, he deserves a chance. He's a great player, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's mm-hmm. like, he's almost like shutting it down because I think he because he had him on top of the, his he was his best available. So either he was trying so, to prove that he thought he yeah. was right, or right. he's
1: thinking, you know, this kid's got raw talent. Right. One of the two. When yeah.
0: Is, I keep wondering one of these one of these days when are they going to decide that Mel Kuiper doesn't know what he's talking
1: about? Like, I don't you know. know. Yeah, so, they've talked about that recently. That's why McShay's on there a lot, you know, too, as right. far as like replacing. So I think him at maybe some
0: point. Mel took it personal that you know another player he picked to be up top was. Uh, was sliding you know because of a mistake but uh so let's let's go ahead and make you know let's go ahead and carry this into the the uh halftime which uh you're going to talk about here But before we do let's talk about how you can listen to the scoreboard podcast on uh, on iTunes and uh, on SoundCloud and you can head over to the scoreboardpodcast.com and check out the website and click on the colored buttons there at the top of pages <laughs> And yeah, uh, you know, it's it's that easy. And you can also check out uh, the website forum we've got on there and request topics oh, or yeah. uh, or talk to us or uh, you know send us an email
1: or a question too. I'd love to read uh, questions on the air.
0: Right. And we uh, we now have uh, a Facebook account too, mm-hmm. and uh, you can also as as you know as before you can follow us on Twitter at scoreboard pod. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, for your, uh, for your halftime entertainment, we're going to talk about uh, Mr. Irrelevant, I think.
1: Right. Yes, Mr. Irrelevant. I have a history lesson for you. Uh, now, if you don't know who Mr. Irrelevant is, it is a is the last player picked in the NFL draft. Now, the draft used to be a lot longer than it is now. And I'm going to read you a little article, if that's okay, for Mr. Irrelevant, a little history lesson here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a neat story. Mr. Irrelevant is the title bestowed each year upon the last pick of the annual National Football League draft. Although the NFL draft dates back to 1936, the first person to officially be given the Mr. Irrelevant title was Kelvin Kirk, pick number 487 of the 1976 draft. The current Mr. Irrelevant is Kalen Reed, formerly of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Um, He was selected by the Tennessee Titans as pick number 253 of the 2016 draft just the other day. Uh, Irrelevant week arose back in 1976 when former Southern Cal and NFL receiver Paul Salata founded the event in Newport Beach, California. He continues to announce the final pick of the NFL draft to this day. In 2014, his daughter announced it in his absence. Uh, during the summer after the draft, the new Mr. Irrelevant and his family are invited to spend a week in Newport Beach, California, where they enjoy a golf tournament, a regatta, a roast uh, giving advice to the new draftee, and a ceremony awarding him the Loesman Trophy, which is kind of a play on the Heisman Trophy, uh, it depicts a player fumbling a football. I thought that was kind of funny. Right. Um, irrelevant Week gave so much publicity uh, to Mr. Irrelevant that in 1979, the Los Angeles Rams, um, that with the penultimate pick or you know, the pick of Mr. Irrelevant, intentionally passed to let the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, draft, uh, and then they they wanted to they all fumbled back and forth with the last pick, and they were like, no, I, no, I don't want to do it. I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass, because they're trying to get the last pick so they could get all the publicity from it. Um, and then they, what what happened was the two teams continued to refuse to choose a player until the the commissioner at the time, Pete Rozelle, who was a great commissioner for the NFL, uh, forced the teams to pick. Uh, the incident led to what was called the Salada Rule, which prohibits teams from passing to get the final pick. So interesting story. There it? Did you have any notes on there?
0: I did actually had uh, from you know back from in 1994 they, they cut the uh, the draft uh, to its seven rounds now the mm-hmm. format and they're saying that like you know more players uh, succeeded you know with their contributions oh, yeah. on the field and some of those uh, no, notable players were uh, special teams player Marty Moore. Marty Moore. Uh, he became uh, Mr. Elvin to play the Super Bowl. Uh, with the New England Patriots and your, your boys there. Yeah, first uh, one they were playing a Super Bowl. Right. And uh, Jimmy Flynn, was, uh, he's a fullback that played for the Giants.
1: He was a pretty good fullback, too. I actually remember him. Yeah,
0: he's uh you know, prior to the, uh, let's see, I'm sorry, fullback for the victory in Super Bowl prior to 2007. He's placed uh, on the injury reserve and then never played uh, a game for the Giants on the road to the Super Bowl, though, uh, having uh, been replaced by uh, Madison Hedgecock. Uh, prior to 2007, he had been the Giants fullback for four seasons.
1: And he got a ring, though, even with that Super Bowl. I mean, he was on the team. He just wasn't the starting fullback.
0: Right. Now, in 2008, um, let's see, David uh, Fabora was a starting linebacker for the St. Louis Rams uh, during the 2009 season. And 2009, uh, Brian Suckup yes. became the uh, the starting kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. And he went on to tie the NFL record for the highest uh, field goal percentage as a rookie. Uh, and with 86.2 percent, and he also passed uh, the NFL Hall of Fame, uh, uh, Jan Stenerud. I'm sorry, I may say You that. nailed it. That's right. For uh, the most field goals uh, made by a rookie in Chiefs history. Now, Suckup was awarded uh, the Mac Lee Hill Award uh, that year. Uh, he's been starting kicker since the rookie season and uh, making 81.5 percent of his field goals and a perfect 100 on extra points. Uh, Now he moved to uh, the Tennessee Titans for the uh, 2014 season. So kind of an interesting thing there.
1: Yeah, Recykup's a really good kicker. I believe he's still with the Titans. He's yeah. awesome. I think he played at South Carolina. If I'm going to correct me if I'm wrong, if, you, if you want to send me an email, it'd be fine. But I believe he played at South Carolina. Um, He's a great kicker. Uh, one more note about Mr. Irrelevant. Um, there was one Mr. Irrelevant who actually predated the award by nearly a decade. Uh, he went on to do, uh, Went on to a productive professional career in another sport. Jimmy his Walker. name was Jimmy Walker. Yeah. He was the final pick in 1967, despite never having played college football. His main sport, however, was basketball, in which he was a consensus all america and the nation's leading scorer as a senior at providence uh walker was the first pick in the 1967 nba draft and opted for a career in the nba so that's another neat note it's just neat the mr relevant um thing and usually whenever you do like a fantasy football draft it ends up coming up too mm-hmm. and uh you know a kicker is usually mr Irrelevant in my fantasy football draft so
0: uh one interesting note too about Tennessee, uh the Vols, uh Lamar mm-hmm. Leacham, uh he's the only vol the VFL mm-hmm. um, to be Mr. Relevant. And uh he he was uh that was from nineteen fifty five though. That was before they started the nineteen seventy six. So it's really oh, it doesn't man. count. So you didn't get to go to the party. Right. <laughs> let's uh let's take this into the third quarter now and uh we we'll talk about the NFL draft, Ooh. you know. and we had a lot go
1: on. Big story this, this
0: right. week, right? We had, uh, you know, the LA Rams. They they drafted Jared Goff, uh, the first, first, first overall, excuse me, uh, as the uh, that was most. He seems like a good fit expected. for that.
1: I mean the California kid, you know.
0: Right, the Eagles. You know, they got Carson Wentz uh, yeah. second overall, That's and, questionable. Uh, they all kind of expected that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, we kind of assumed that uh, the Rams would take take Goff. Now, from what it got me though was uh, the fact that Dallas. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh,
1: that was my first pick that I things I wrote down things I noticed, and that was a big one for me. I was like, right. man, I can't usually don't draft a running back that high. Right. I'm very excited about that though for them.
0: Well, you know, I was kind of surprised they didn't do anything for the defense. I guess they'll do that later. I don't know.
1: He's got really good hands. I think he's gonna help them out in the passing game and he's gonna help out Romo a lot if he's as productive as he was at Ohio State. Because this last season, when their season was kind of a train wreck, I felt like he helped that team hang on just being as productive as he was, Elliott, that is.
0: Right. Now you know the Denver Broncos, uh, mm-hmm. they traded up to get Paxton Lynch. Mm-hmm. That was kind of an interesting little trade there. And now the Cleveland Browns also traded down for Corey Coleman, and uh, like Mac Miles, uh, you know he dropped because of the uh, injury injury fears. He dropped out of the first round. Mm-hmm. Ended up getting picked up though in uh, with Jalen Smith uh, in the first you know five picks of the second round. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Cowboys they and the Jaguars they eventually uh, you know believe this the potential rewards of worst you know, worth the risks. So, mm-hmm. uh they took the uh the uh, the linebacker even with the injuries a bit. Miles uh, Jack. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, from there there's there's several teams uh that, uh that ended up, you know, kind of building a deep defense on the second second day. But uh the Chiefs, the Lions and the, the Bears are or the, the three of the big beneficiaries though from that.
1: I was excited about you talking about Miles Jack a second ago, and for this is going to be for my wife. This part. Miles Jack was a linebacker at UCLA, and Jalen Ramsey was a quarterback, uh, was a cornerback, like a defensive back at Florida State. Getting both those two players looks really good for the Jaguars. I think they're building something nice down in Jacksonville. And I know you used to kind of like the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. They look like they're building a good team. Bortles yeah. looks like a solid quarterback. I, that's what I was thinking. They're about. pretty awesome looking.
0: Now you know on the other end of the spectrum we got the Jets. You know they they took a vastly overrated uh, quarterback. You know the Hackenberg tr- yeah. Uh, but they were uh, they were outdone by the Buccaneers the who traded uh, up in the second round to take a kicker. You, know, you talking <laughs> about how that was uh, a le- usually a late? You got pick, the kid pick. from Florida State, didn't they?
1: Aguirre or Aguero, Gaio, yeah, so. whatever his name is. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, that's it was kind of interesting how it, it all kind of unfolded. It was kind of unexpected the way it kind of went down. I didn't, didn't didn't expect the way. Florida you know, I,
1: State always seems to have like really good kickers. I don't understand that. Like um, they had J- Janikowski, Janikowski, and they've had well, like one. A beast, there's other ones too. Like, see, I can't remember names off the top of my head, but they've always got a pretty good kicker. Florida State does. I feel like
0: the Titans, man. They kind of got they kind of racked up. I think really with with a lot of their they, picks. They really yeah, Conklin, Kevin Dodd, uh, Kevin Dodd. I think it's going to be a good you know contribution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Johnson, uh, Derek Henry. No, that's kind of an interesting thing. That's to cool. You. I
1: had that as one of my notes, too, is the Heisman Trophy winning Derrick Henry ended up going to the Titans. He lasted until pick number 45, and that's going to be a good – if if he can be better than Ingram and right. and the rest of the Tramvirg and all those guys that came from Alabama or whatever but that's the thing
0: they always talked about how Saban you know works them to death when they're right, in college right. and, and so their are draft stock you would think that this guy you know being a Heisman Trophy winner would be at the top and this guy he, I think he, they he, got a steal
1: yeah they, I think they did too and he split he split, he seemed to split more time with um, Yeldon or whatever when he was at Alabama which I, he got drafted too I didn't t- make take down where that was but uh, Derek Henry could be a good if they can just keep him pushed back right and now. You know, the Titans have got Murray, he can just kind of come up behind him as far as that goes. They did work a lot, I noticed, on the offensive and defensive line, and they drafted a few defensive backs too. So Mm -hmm. they, they, it was a pretty solid, like, a building block type of draft for the Titans. I feel really good about their picks that they made.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like I said, everybody kind of, uh, yeah, I'm surprised with the way that they're, they're, they're kind of showing an identity this time Mm -hmm. around, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the new GM. Uh, he's kind of showing that he's he's choosing what he what he what he thinks is gonna work and I think it's gonna work for them. And John yeah, John so. Robinson
1: seems like he's gonna be a really good GM. You were talking about Ezekiel Elliott from the getting picked by the Cowboys earlier too. Do you think that they picked him because Bosa went at three right before that? Because the Chargers weren't expected to pick Bosa and then they snagged Bosa. That was the first pick that was like a surprise, and obviously it came right after the two that pretty much everybody knew the two quarterbacks wins and golf. And uh and uh, I don't know, Bosa even to me seems surprised that he got picked. Picked, and they were interviewing him afterwards, and I remember he was saying something about that he was so excited he didn't think he was going to go that high. Right, right. So you know, uh, it is
0: interesting. I, I'm glad to see them, you know, kind of being that excited, you know, that he got mm-hmm. something. Because it's, to me, honestly, like this night is kind of. I mean, it's really about money for the for mm-hmm. the first top top couple of picks and mm-hmm. uh, after that it's kinda of about somebody's night, you know, fulfilling a dream that they've kind of looked at for a childhood. And to me it was always the NBA draft, you know, as a kid that I grew mm-hmm. up I like, wanting to be have my name called out. Yeah. But uh either way it was, it was kind of a cool thing. But like I said, it's kind of a a little bit tainted from our story and topic earlier with Larry Tunzel. I think he kinda of stole the show. He uh, did steal the uh, whole show. That. that was bananas whenever uh, he was yeah, all that stuff I mean, was going on. So so, I hate to see that for him, and uh, hopefully he can kind of, he can, you know, ran, wrangle that into a good career, but I think, honestly, like, uh, a friend was mentioning to me uh, about, uh, actually, it was Keith, uh, uh-huh. you know, man, he should come back on the show here. Friend here. of the show. Yeah, yeah. right. So, uh, he uh, basically was talking about how um, it was surprising that, and uh, Dominic Sue. Right, okay.
1: That is down Nebraska, yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh... What's going to be a big deal is is how they they don't the chemistry as far as like and I'm gonna say it's not a great environment for him to be stepping into I feel like with yeah. all the baggage and mistake he's bringing yeah uh, you know it's it's gonna be kind of a are they gonna butt heads in this situation or are yeah. they going to, they're gonna they're gonna be you know work together together and have a good chemistry that's that's a good a big question for yeah. them. And they're kind of taking a risk, I think, with, with, with that. So. Miami
1: loaded up on defense and stuff last year. They seemed like they were pretty – as far as, like, free agency or whatever. I remember the Dolphins loaded up last year, and they thought they were going to be a lot better than they were. I think their problem to me is, you know, we're talking about something different in the draft now, but uh, Tannehill, I don't know that he's right, the answer right, as far as a quarterback. One thing I want to talk about, too, is all the Buckeyes that were picked during the draft. When they they like, five. Yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous because you had Bosa and Elliott. And then, uh, you know, the, anyway, they had, they had a ton of players picked in the draft. And a takeaway from that for us as far as like our fanhood, what we're fans of, is there were no vols picked in the draft again for two years in a row.
0: Right. Well that's that's enough. what I read too, also it kinda of seemed like a good thing because we're not mm-hmm. losing anybody any significant talent. Yeah. So uh Th- that, but we did get some people signed though. You know, I saw that. Randolph got went to the, the LA Rams. Uh-huh. Um and uh, Marquez, see, North, Marquez North Marquez also North also signed also with, the, with Rams the Rams later on that right. night, yeah. Um and there was well, there's one other I can't believe I can't remember. I don't that one. remember who it was, but uh yeah, I was surprised that some of them didn't get picked because I mean, honestly, there weren't there weren't you know any bad players I think coming out from Tennessee that uh, you know hadn't worked and now I think Now next prove, year you know, there, there could gonna be do. a lot of people That's going in the yeah, draft this year. I feel as like as uh, I gotta say I, I think we're gonna see some start heard, a streak again heard, heard, yeah. Heard you know, and others, Dobbs you know, will be picking will a later
1: out. round, I think. So, uh, one of the yeah. things, too, about uh, Mr. Irrelevant, we were talking earlier, Kalen Reed, did you know that, see where the Titans, Titans tra- traded actually, for that draft? And they came up with a Broncos jersey because they had, had it already made up because nobody ever trades for Mr. Irrelevant. So, they had brought a Broncos jersey up, but they yeah. brought, held a Titans helmet up next to it and had the jersey backwards. That's I thought that was kind of funny at the end of the draft there. Also, one more question I want to ask you Do you think Christian Hackenberg? Uh, will be the starting quarterback when the season kicks off for the New York Jets. Because, like, what do they have? I mean, they've not signed Fitzy. Honestly,
0: you know, it could be an interesting. You know, that he could he could probably do that. It's going to see. I don't know how how long it'll last. You know, it may be uh, you know a couple of games, and then he's going to be sitting on the bench. You know, maybe them trading for somebody else. Uh, I feel like you could be a
1: better quarterback for the Jets than uh, what's his his name, the kid from West Virginia. (laughs) It'd be interesting to see what
0: happened there. Um, I was kind of surprised that the Bills, you know, took another quarterback with. uh, Uh You know, where they have kind of uh, set their their thing there with. uh,
1: They had a pretty good draft. They drafted Shaq Lawson too from Clemson. I remember that. That was a big deal. Whenever that went down. Yep.
0: Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to the to the fourth quarter. Uh And uh, I want to talk about Luke Walton getting uh, the job to the L. A. Lakers. He's a head coach now. And uh, Luke Walton, as you can uh, remember, is a two-time NBA champion. Oh, you have the Lakers. That's the slash legendary annoying son of uh or Bill Walton. jolly Golly, uh, mouthy. Annoying Bill Walton. I mean, yeah. Uh, now the Lakers agreed, you know, with Walton to uh, a multi-million dollar deal or a multi-year deal. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Uh Friday. I'm and sure it'll uh, be multi-million dollars too. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> but. Uh, you know he's set to take over after the the Warriors are done in the playoffs.
1: Don't so. you think like Bill Walton is like that, um, like one of your dad's friends that plays basketball with you in the driveway that guards like way too close and is like really awkward and they just beat the crap out of you. Like that's I know, what i He's so weird, like an awkward looking <laughs> dude, man. Like he's always made me laugh. His
0: his voice is very annoying to me. Yeah, it drives it is, me nuts. He's yeah, very, he's almost like a surfer that smoked a few <laughs> too, too many. But uh, now it's uh during the 2015 16 uh, season the training camp uh, in October. You know basically. Walton was appointed as the Warriors' interim head coach mm-hmm. uh, to take over for Steve Kerr, and he was uh, out for indefinite leave with an uh, you know, absence because of rehabilitation of his back, and uh, it had been bothering him since the finals. Now Walton had uh, made his coaching debut in this season opener on October twenty seventh, and they won you know one eleven and ninety ninety five over the New Orleans Pelicans. And three games later, he went on with the uh, Warriors to win in their largest margin of victory, okay, against the franchise, in franchise history against my, you know, sadly, against my Grizzlies. Mm. And that, that game, the score was 119 to 69. That was bad. Yeah, which was uh, also the largest margin in the league uh, since 1991. Uh, the Warriors set a new NBA record by winning their uh, first four games by a total of 100 points. And uh, with a win over the L.A. Lakers in November 24th. Uh, he guided the Warriors to 16 consecutive victories, you know, to, to start the season, uh, as the new NBA record with that. And uh, Walton was named the NBA Western Conference Coach of the Month, and uh, you know, played in October and November. So uh, after he, you know, he did that nine and o, 19 and start. Well,
1: he broke that record that you're talking about the 16 or whatever. He broke the record, and then he set a new one. He ended up finishing 24 and 0 to start the right. season. That was ridiculous. Right. And he started out 39 and four. But my question is. Um, is can he, can he maintain this? I mean, was he just status quo in it uh, for what team, team Kerr built? But, like, also, too, the thing you is
0: – You couldn't pick a better team to start – to take over.
1: Right, and the thing about that team is – I know you kind of like the Warriors now, but, right. like, that team, whenever – even when Kerr came in and won the title his first year there or whatever – Mark Jackson built that team. Mm. He was there for like a good, I think, three or four I years. I think he was a good coach. He honestly. was a great coach, and but I don't know why nobody picked him up afterwards. I mean. Maybe there was some kind of issue where he's hard to get along with. Or something I was like Mark Jackson when he played in the NBA, too, with the Knicks and the Pacers. Right. But he uh, he he's a good broadcaster as well. But then he built that team. Kerr came in, just picked up exactly what he did, added a couple of free agents like Iguodala, and just went on. And, then, and Mark Jackson was cheering for them. I remember he actually got to do – um, I believe he got to do the finals. I think he was de- during the playoffs. I know he was doing some, and he was still cheering for him real nice about it. So I don't know if Walton did the exact same thing, but at least he got himself a you know million dollar, multi million dollar coaching deal. We don't have it to match the money as yet. Um, and did you see where Bill came out speaking of mouthy, and he was saying that his son shouldn't take the job in an article, and then afterwards, after his son took the job the next day. Well, the first day when he said, don't take the job, he actually told the inter- person interviewing me, he said, well, when, you know, when did you ever listen to your dad? And then the next day he took the job right. and now he's like supporting it like a cheerleader. Like, yeah, yeah my son's great. He's going right. to do awesome.
0: I don't, yeah, it's kind of, I, th- I think it's maybe because it's, you know, he's going to have a hard road to climb uh, because now it's post Kobe. Uh, there are going to be people expecting him to build and uh, produce something. So it's going to be a hard road to, you know, to, to hoe. But, uh, you know, Going back to what I was talking about with him getting that award uh-huh. for uh, you know the monthly award for coach of the month and uh, you know that it's kind of that's never really happened because um, where he's an interim coach he's he's winless basically you know right so they right did not count any towards his real record really and right. you know
1: did you see where he got when they did for, voted for coach of the year just at the end he of the actually season? he, he actually got votes well yeah well that's funny because that his awesome.
0: record was was he actually got more wins. Than Kerr because he coached more games than Kerr, yeah. so it was kind of funny that he ended up, you know, sitting there let him like you know get the coach of the year as yeah. you know. Either way, it was kind of funny how that worked out. But uh,
1: one of the things I took away from this him getting the job or whatever was he played for he played for the Lakers from 2003 to 2012. Uh, there was a lockout season in 2011 where he was an assistant coach for the Memphis Tigers. I saw that as well, mm-hmm. um, and then he. He ended his career. Let's see, with the Cavs, he played one season for the Cavs, and then he retired. And then he's been with the Warriors ever since. He seems to be very loyal, right? You know what I mean? Like he has to have loyalty.
0: Like left the Lakers there for a little bit and went to. uh, He was on the the Memphis bench, going back to uh, you know that coach going to Georgia Tech. Uh, You know he was he had all kinds of NBA players you know on his bench Mm -hmm. at that time. So uh, so he's been all over the place, really, kind of with the coaching game. I mean, he's really he's got a, a legendary father. As much as I don't like him. Uh, and he's, he's been really like I said, young. he was under he was under uh you know uh your your coach uh Phil Jackson for yeah. years, and so I mean he's been around and played with Kobe, so I mean he's been around greatness uh for a lot of, a lot of years, so uh you know maybe he picked up a one or two pointers maybe there like he was under him. Steve yeah. Kerr, uh, so I mean you know it's and he's Kerr got a good rap sheet. Jackson, so yeah he's got a good lineage um, as far other as that than goes. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else was out there really to grab? uh Mark so Jackson. it's kind of uh you know right you know. so uh still jobless yeah I think. It, it'll I'm not be sure. interesting though to see what happens with it and i think he'll do well honestly like because you know. i hope he
1: does i really do i i'm i miss hating the lakers because hmm. like i've said i think multiple times on this podcast now i'm a humongous nuggets fan yeah. and they they've had a rivalry or they used to before the nuggets and lakers both sucked yeah. now nobody cares but they've had a rivalry and i miss hating I miss hating the Lakers. Like, I miss them. I even kind of liked Kobe. Well, there's a lot of them. those
0: teams that I – like, as far as the Bulls, I wish the Bulls could really yep. figure it out and, and yeah. kind of be one of those teams, too, that could compete. Because, you know, it's – I don't know. This just kind of goes back to, like, you know, what you used to know. Uh, you know, you miss those things, like you're talking about. So it will be like interesting have to, see to what have, they have can a star,
1: do. and I feel like the the Bulls, they've got Jimmy Butler, they've got Derrick Rose, but they're not stars. Like we were talking about a few weeks ago, the killer instinct with Dwayne Wade or whatever. Mm-hmm. They've not, they don't have anybody like that that just wants to beat you into the ground. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's, uh, you know, I was talking about the the record with yeah. Uh, Kerr. Uh, yeah, Luke had won forty three games. Uh, Kerr won thirty nine. So it was like almost a neck and neck race. Yeah. But yeah, he still had more wins. Uh, so let's carry this on into overtime. Uh, I want to touch just small on uh, the NBA playoffs, you know, before we go and uh you know right now you got uh, OKC and uh, the Spurs you know the Spurs are up one game already on them and well, the Spurs uh... just
1: Beat yeah. them down last so uh, night. My wife last night, I watched a little bit of that game, and mm-hmm. my wife, Laura, I love her a lot. That's super nerdy, but whatever. Right. She goes to bed and she's like, You she want to go to bed? And she was like, You want to watch basketball? And I was like, That game's awful. I was like, I don't <laughs> even want to right. watch it. Like, any yeah. turn on? I was like, No, I just followed it on my phone and kind of kept track of it. I didn't really, because it was just bad. I thought, mm. I was embarrassed for them. I did turn it on towards the end, the last like five minutes or whatever, mm-hmm. and there was like scrubs in. Both teams just had like cleared their bench. They right. were in there.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty bad game, from what I heard. Uh, like I said, and we got you know on the other end, we got Golden State in Portland. Uh, that series hasn't started yet, and, you know, tipped off, but uh, G State uh, should be able to close that out. I think, pretty quickly against the, the Blazers. Yeah, I don't think but, they've uh, got anything for them because we were yeah. talking
1: about a few weeks ago that it was, they were so young. Um, also, too, while we were doing the been doing the podcast, I was keeping an eye on the Heat and Hornets earlier. Yeah, it yeah. was Game 7. The Heat actually did win that game, 106-73, to 73, so they beat the pants off Suka, of yeah, So, right. Jay Rich gets to move on to the next round. So, you got
0: the Heat advancing there. Uh, we got the Raptors and the Pacers. I guess that's the other tied-up series. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm still so, I still want the Pacers to win
1: that one. Yeah, I, you know, I'd like to see the Raptors do something.
0: But, uh now you know we got to, uh let's see here uh you they know, got cleveland. destroyed
1: the other night too by the way did you i did watch that game uh, a bit of that game that pay the pacers and the raptors when it was in indiana mm-hmm. and uh, i think paul george played the majority of the game yeah. and uh miles turner the kid out of texas he played really well so we'll see what happens later with that but you're saying cleveland I'm sorry, yeah yeah
0: no, cleveland and uh atlanta you know they're set to face off in the second round now uh that should be a good matchup honestly like you know i was kind of surprised that uh atlanta's you know been fun to watch i think in that first round there so. i think boston ran Absolutely. out of
1: gas in that series you know i was i was cheering yeah. on boston on yeah, I facebook was and everything uh, i kind of i kind of like that young like i said isaiah taking the, i know, like Isaiah Stephen, Thomas a lot Stephen. and you know he was actually mr irrelevant in the nba draft a few was years he? back yes that's he funny. was that's funny you uh, know
0: with his with his dad and everything i don't think they got they didn't get the respect not you know,
1: you know what not not his dad not his dad at all, Isaiah Thomas. It, that's what I thought too. He's he's not Isaiah Thomas Jr. Really? I swear, I thought the exact same thing, and I had to look it up. And he's not he's not related to him at all. Um, there was a story really? that had to do with his name. It's a biblical and all this stuff or huh. whatever. Yeah, because I thought the exact same thing. That's funny because yeah.
0: like I, I, you know, they had all that stuff with Michigan where you had a bunch of players. You know, uh-huh. it's the same their name as their father playing.
1: It's weird like that. Like there's the actor named Michael Jordan too. Like whatever people right. name their kids. I mean, but yeah. Yeah, I guess I
0: didn't think about that. Happy. Yeah. Uh but either way, um we'll go ahead and uh carry on. I man, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I that didn't is funny. either. Uh so anyways, you know, some other things to uh to check out though. Uh to remember though that you can you can check out and watch these games, they're playoff games on uh ESPN and ABC, they're coming mm-hmm. up. I uh, got some you know, Sunday and Monday here today. So, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap this up, though. Uh, it's been a good show for this week. And uh, I want to thank everybody for, uh, for joining us here on the TSP. And, uh, you know, as you guys, as we say every week, you know, if you got a business or anything like that you want us to, uh, to sponsor you know, or to uh, throw your name out there, uh, you can uh, send us a message and uh, get in touch with us from uh, at the website at thescoreboardpodcast.com. And uh, you can click the contact tab there or uh, send us an email at thescoreboardpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, thanks again, guys. If you want to uh, check us out again next week, we'll be here. And uh, my name's Darren.
1: And my name's Mike.
0: And tune in next week and we'll have another episode. Uh, catch you next
1: time. Amarnos unos y e otros como yo os he amado. Si. <laughs>